Good morning everybody, I hope that you are super well. Um, today we are doing Luke 13. And, um, and Luke 13 really comprises of a, of a, of a whole bunch of parables. And um, so I'm not going to cover every single parable. And um, so please do yourself a favor, go read through Luke 13. But I want to read this from you. And it's about Jesus describing the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God like? And um, so I'm going to start at verse 18. It says, uh, parables of Jesus. Jesus taught them this parable. How can I describe God's kingdom realm? Let me illustrate it this way. It is like the smallest of seeds that you would plant in a garden. And when it grows, it becomes a huge tree with so many spreading branches that various birds make nests there. Jesus taught them another parable. How can I describe God's kingdom realm? Let me give you this illustration. It is like something as small as yeast that a woman kneads into a large amount of dough. It works unseen until it permeates the entire batch and rises high. So, you know, one question I always asked myself was, why did Jesus take so long before God sent him, his son, to earth to redeem us? You know, why did he wait so long after Adam and Eve, after the fall of, of man? And one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons um, is because mankind had to go through a process where they understood what a principle of a kingdom is all about. If you think about it, if Jesus came directly after Adam and Eve and he wanted to speak about the kingdom of God, they wouldn't have had the faintest idea. What is a kingdom? You know, what does it look like? You've got a king and you've got officials and you've got districts and you've got, you know, how does that work? So, so the timing had to be perfect. So when Jesus spoke about a kingdom, um, the disciples and the people that followed, followed him had an idea of what a kingdom was all about. How does a kingdom look like? What does it look like? Now, of course, they didn't understand God's kingdom, but they had an idea of what a kingdom is. And, <clears throat> and God uses the idea of a seed. And if you think about it, everything in life starts with a seed. You started as a seed. Animals starts as seeds. Um, nature, everything grows from seeds. Even, even business ventures and new developments, everything starts with an idea. It's a seed that somebody plants. And depending on how they treat the seed, marinate the seed, water the seed, take care of the seed, will depend whether it will start growing. Now, of course... Jesus um, talks about, you know, if you take the smaller seed, like a mustard seed, you know, he always talks about a whole bunch of seeds. If you think about an oak tree seed, a seed is very, very small. But when that thing grows, you know, after so many years, it is strong. No wind can actually, you know, break the branches of the tree. But he talks about a seed. It gets planted. And of course, you know, this is a beautiful tree where birds can nest and everything. And um, and so, so the one thing about a seed that that often a lot of times we don't really take time to, um, to consider is that any seed that is planted has to grow down first to start a rooting system. So, you know, otherwise it's, it's just pointless. You know, we often see it in our business when we share hope and, um, and uh, you know, business ideas with people. It's a seed that is planted and through learning and growing and kind of developing and, um, and really understanding how this works without seeing financial results in the beginning. There's a rooting system that takes place. Leadership, for example. You know, you can, 
You can want to set out to become a leader, but it's the learning, it's the training, it's the developing of yourself, it's the skills that you have to master, it's the practical process, and you might not see any, any real um, results, maybe in your business, whatever, you know, especially now during COVID, we were in a wilderness period, and you might not see any results, but don't forget the rooting system that's taking place. You know, there's a, there's a, um, a brilliant analogy of the the Chinese bamboo tree. So the Chinese bamboo tree is a very special tree. It's a very special bamboo tree. Once planted, the owner of this bamboo tree gives that plant water for two years every single day at the exact same time in the mornings and the evenings. If he misses one day, I think it's two or five years. It could actually be five years. Um, I think it's five years. You know, go check it out. It's really crazy. So in the morning and the evening, um, the gardener um, waters this plant and there's no results. You don't even see a little leaf coming up. But what's happening is there's this massive rooting system that builds. And after two years or the five years or whatever, this plant shoots out and I think it grows 29 feet in two weeks. It just rushes out. And, um, and that kind of explains to you the power of having a strong rooting system. So, um, uh, you know, and, and the kingdom of God kind of when, when we receive um, a seed. And remember now, you know, when, when we talk about fruit you know, the fruit of the spirit. If you think about a real fruit, a fruit is there to be eaten, you know, and often the seeds will fall on the ground. You know, somebody will eat an apple and, the, you know, will throw the seeds somewhere. And stuff. But in nature, what happens is when a fruit or anything that is eaten, a bird or whatever, will take it and the seeds will fall somewhere else and it will grow another tree. So one reason Jesus uses the, the example of a seed is because the fruit that it will grow, once somebody tastes that fruit, you know, the idea is for that tree to plant again. And the, and, the, and the seed to grow again. Now, when we receive seed from the Word of God, um, I've got an egg here, and I want to share this with you. Okay, so this is an egg. It is a hard-boiled egg, okay? And the hard-boiled egg consists out of the shell, obviously, and of course it's got the... Oh, Judean's going to kill me. I was just put the... You know, you've got the white here, and this represents... So the skin or the, the shell represents the body, the outer body. The, the white represents your soul, your mind, you know, your will, your emotions, your personality, you know, your rational thinking, your conscious, your subconscious mind and everything. That's what this represents, okay? The, the yellow, the yoke, that is the spirit. So once we receive the spirit, the seed of the spirit, remember God also comes into you in the form of a seed. Once you give your heart to God, it comes in the form of a seed, the Holy Spirit. It's a powerful seed. But, and, and you can imagine that, so this yoke, imagine that this is the Holy Spirit, it comes in. But the mind, the soul area, and the body still is exactly the same. That's often why people say, you know, I've received, I've received God, but, you know, I don't feel any profound changes. I'm not changed. My behavior isn't suddenly modified. You know, I don't feel different. I don't see anything different. It's because in the Spirit, you've received the Holy Spirit. Now, of course... Walking this intimate journey with God. He invites you to walk this intimate journey. And He will reveal to you all the strongholds, all the lies, all the, the stuff that you believe that the world told you that wasn't true. And slowly but surely, with the Word of God that's constantly feeding this, you know, this white will also become yellow. The yellow will go out, you know, until eventually your, your, your spirit and your soul, and it's never going to be perfect, never. But you'll be led by the Spirit and your your soul or your mind will start renewing itself like the yoke and you will and you will start experiencing the mind um, of God so you know it's um it is a long process 
It's not easy. It's an it's everyday journey that you walk with God and that you journey with Him. You know, Geraldine and I, we went um, last Sunday, we went to a function. Um, I was the MC at this event because it was the launch of a new CakeNet program called Net Coffee. And we were guests on this coffee program. And it was interesting, Geraldine and I, we looked at, um, at the coffee bean. You know, what, what biblical significance does the coffee bean have? have? But there, there are so many. But, you know, a coffee bean, when you put it in hot water, it releases the flavor, but it maintains its form, its posture, its, um, its solidity. It remains that. So as Christians, we're there to also sow the seed, let people see our fruit, let them eat from our fruit. But we don't compromise. That's very important. You know, we don't compromise. We stay exactly the same. We hold our form, but we, we, um, we make good coffee. I hope that makes a little bit of sense. Um, please go read Luke 13. Go check it out. It's not always easy to understand. Um, it's difficult sometimes, you know. It's hard and tough to see God's kingdom at work, you know. But if you, if you diligently see God, let me tell you, He will show you the kingdom of God in your heart. And He will show you the kingdom of God in other people and in the world. God bless.